How's everybody doing this morning? It is Friday already. Can you believe it? It is absolutely amazing. This week has flown right by so very, very, very quickly. And uh, uh, this sat- uh, Sunday night at 6 o'clock, uh, just a reminder, I will be uh, giving a report about my trip to Turkey, South Sudan, and Kenya. And uh, I'll be serving tea in Mandazi. Uh, and I showed you the Mandazi yesterday. It's basically miniature uh, doughboys, if you will, and uh, just tasty. You dip them in your tea, dip them in your coffee, and uh, sharing that report on Sunday evening. Hope that you can be a part of that. This Sunday, begin a three-part series. I will start the series, and Jacob, Pastor Jacob, will finish the series, actually. At least I think that's the plan that we have come up with. 
Uh, 33 amazing things that happened to you uh, at the moment of your salvation, uh, things that, that should just inspire us to want to live with Jesus, live for Jesus, walk in Jesus, uh, all of those things. So uh, I will share uh, 11 this week, and then I think over the next two weeks, because I will be leaving uh, next Saturday, the 29th, leaving for Israel, and I will miss two Sundays, the 30th, and then the following week, uh, I will miss uh, as well. Uh, so I uh, I just want to encourage you, come on out, uh, be a part of what we're doing on uh, Sunday mornings, be a part of what we're doing on uh, Sunday night. Also tonight on WHCF Radio, 88.5 FM, uh, you can listen in, I think it's at 6 o'clock, you might have to go to their website, WHCF, and check their schedule. Uh, uh, to make sure what time it is, but I did a, a recording yesterday uh, at the radio station talking about the church and the trip and the school and a tiny little bit about concentric and all the stuff going on. And uh, so I want to uh, encourage you, if, if you listen in uh, tonight, uh, that, that'll be uh, broadcast tonight. So meantime, we're going to get into the book of... Um, Book of Acts. We're in the second chapter. Uh, yesterday, we looked at how uh, at how the Holy Spirit had been given, and uh, WHCF 108.5. They have different stations up there. WHCF Radio. They've got like four different uh, frequencies that they're on. But check that out. Uh, WHCF Radio Solution FM up in Bangor, and uh, so check it out. In fact, maybe I need to just double-check and see. It's called Church of the Week, um, and maybe Don can do a quick search on that here. Good morning, Don, and uh, WHCF Radio uh, out of Bangor, uh, and check out, check out the schedule for Church of the Week. Maybe he can uh, do a quick search on that and get back to us and put something here in the comments. So um, anyway, yesterday, talking and, and giving a shout-out to the kids, uh, uh, Virgil and the grandkids there. And uh, he had Leland on, and now he has Lakeland on. And uh, like he says, you cannot start them too young. So uh, glad to give a shout-out to uh, to the youngins, to the youngins, absolutely. And... and uh, Yesterday, Book of Acts, the believers had been praying, waiting, doing what the Lord had said. There had been, uh, you know, the men, the women gathered together in a room praying as God had told them, as Jesus had told them, and as the angels had reminded them to do. Uh, and on the day of Pentecost, which we know as Shavuot, uh, a Jewish holiday, uh, Feast of Weeks, and uh, on that particular day, a major holiday in Jerusalem. Lots of people gathered in Jerusalem for that particular uh, feast day, festival, Old Testament, God-given festival. God knew that the, these people from all over the place would be there, and they were there. The Holy Spirit's poured out. Uh, the, uh, the believers uh, who had been waiting for the Lord, and uh, there, uh, it's there for you, WHCFFM Church of the Week. Uh, in the comments there, you can see that www.whcffm.com uh, backslash church-of-the-week. 
And uh, for those that maybe you're only listening, you can find it that way. Thinking of the all these people from all these places uh, hearing in their own dialect the gospel being poured out. That was the work of the Holy Spirit being poured out so people could hear the gospel in their own language. Uh, some down at verse 12, we'll get there, uh, and at verse 12, saying this, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Well, wine doesn't enable you to speak in another dialect. So it's kind of a, a ludicrous thing. But people will say all kinds of things uh, when they don't want to hear the gospel. People will say all kinds of things and come up with all kinds of um, reasons excuses, if you will, for not wanting to respond. Well, those Christians, uh, you know, churches are. or all, And you've heard those things. Maybe you've said those things. Maybe you have someone in your household who says those things about reasons why they reject Christ. And, and, and oftentimes they're just full of hot air and, and it actually could, with just a little effort, be easily deflatable. Sometimes we don't want to be confrontational that way. Well, that's exactly what Peter does here as we pick up in the text. He kind of deflates uh, the response that's given because it says this in verse 14. Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. I suppose maybe alcoholics would, would be uh, drinking uh, drinking uh, alcohol at that hour of the morning. He says it's only 9 in the morning. So this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Now, uh, just want to put a little caveat in there. Uh, verse 17, uh, in the last days. If we are thinking about the last days, um, and then we're seeing that God says, I will pour out my spirit and your sons and daughters will prophesy. For those who are cessationist, in other words, who believe that there is no more of that at all, uh, what do you do with this verse? I'm just throwing that out there. Now, there's a couple of thoughts of what you can do with this verse. One thought is these last days, meaning all-encompassing from the time of, of Christ's ascension until his return, and so the last days have so far been 2,000 years. I mean, that is one way you could look at this particular verse, uh, verse 17. But another way that you could look at verse 17 is that there will be a day which comes when there will be prophecy. Now, the prophecy... Uh, may not be like some new revelation. Uh, it may be, okay, it may be what God has spoken is now upon you and is certainly going to uh, is certainly going to happen. Um, tribulation is certainly going to happen. I believe there will be voices who will be declaring God's word prophetically, not in a foretelling kind of way, uh, of, of telling a foretelling kind of way of something new, but but saying, okay, God said this, and it's upon us. This is God's word to us. So, and, and in this 
sense in verse 17, um, Peter is saying what Joel said is now happening. But it's interesting, in these last days, that, that's the phrase that, that, that you circle and go, hmm, I have to ponder, what does in these last days mean? So in these last days, as Peter is speaking, he, they're thinking they're in the last days as Peter is speaking. So have the last days lasted 2,000 years? It's just one of those things to think about, the phrase, in these last days, or in the last days. Because that's a question sometimes people will ask, are we in the last days? Well, Peter certainly thought so here in verse 17, and, uh, and that has continued on. Now, there are different views of the last days. You know, uh, the last days, like the, 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 the very last of the days, if that makes sense. I mean, the, the very last days right before Christ returns. There is that sense of, of last days. Because that's a question, people. Are we in the last days? Are we in the end time? Um, in, in one sense, you could say, yeah, we are. Uh, Peter thought so, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Um, but what we're seeing here is the fulfillment uh, of what Joel had said in this instance in what is happening here in verse 17. Let me just keep going. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Now, there's another thing about this verse that uh, is, is interesting. And again, it, it kind of pushes in and makes us have to think about our theological positions a little bit. It does not just say, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It includes daughters as well, and as you go through, as we go through the book of Acts, we're going to see some daughters who prophesy in the book of Acts. It's just very interesting to think about. I bring this up because sometimes we like to have this nice, neat, tidy theology, but God shows up at different times and in different ways, and he's not outside his theology He's not outside his truth. He's not outside of his character. He's not even outside of his word, uh, he, but he's outside of our theology sometimes in the ways that he does things. I think of things that I've heard about for ever since I was in Bible college, and I, I went to a non-charismatic Bible college. I went to a Bible college that, that uh, for those who understand this term, uh, was a dispensational uh, Bible college. It was a cessationist Bible college. In other words, did not believe in 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 the sign gifts. Uh, but at missionary conferences, we would hear of how God was showing up at various places around the world in ways that sometimes didn't fit in our theological box because God wanted to do something among a people group because God wanted to do something in a tribal village and and uh, or the gospel had deeply penetrated into the bush or into a jungle or or some place like that God is doing his work for the salvation of men and women and it's inside the con uh, context of his word so uh, just just wanting to say there are these things in the last days there's the, the broad uh, understanding of last days from the time of the ascension of Christ until his return. That whole period of time could be considered last days. And then that more narrowly defined last days of, of those last days right before tribulation. Uh, those last, or, or even last days right before the end of the millennial kingdom. There are different ways of looking at that very phrase. Uh, but 
What we do know is, is he poured out his spirit on them in this phenomenal way. He has poured out his spirit on us as well. And we did spend a couple of days already kind of delineating that. So, uh, yeah. Now, now, Claire has put over in the comments, and I'll put this up on the screen so you can see it here. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, th this is a good, a good challenge here. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Now, we don't want to just focus in on the prophesy. Many will say, Lord, Lord, do not we prophesy in your name. I, I would say, some would say, Lord, Lord, do not we go to church in your name? Uh, some of them are not going to make it. Yes, there will be some who did things in his name, uh, but didn't do other things in his name. There are many out there today who I would say are, as Claire is raising this, this flag, the yellow, the yellow caution flag, uh, who, who would be false prophets? When they tell you, you just send me your $10 or you send me your $100 and see what God does for you, uh, that person just might be a false prophet, friend, and uh, see how God blesses you. Uh, and so you, you read this out of Matthew chapter 7. It's those who do the will. Notice that it says, only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And and so it's not only not doing things that, that maybe you're pointing to, like prophecy, but what are the many things that, that maybe the Lord tells us are his will and we're still not doing? There's lots of things that he may say are his will, and we have to make sure that we're doing his will and, and not only not doing the things that, that maybe we, we get a yellow flag over, and especially people who have had some negative experiences might raise the yellow flag. But the question is, what's God's will, and are we doing his will? And, and I need to stay in the text. It's already uh, quarter after uh, and beyond quarter after. I need to stay, get back in the text here. Uh, another comment here, my prayer is that we will live as if we're living in the last days. Uh, we must be ready and tell others to get ready for the coming of the king. Let me put that right there so you can see it on the screen. Absolutely true. Uh, and again, there's the broad understanding of, of last days from the time of the ascension of Christ to his return. Very, I mean, that encompasses lots of time to the very narrow, okay, you know, Christ can come at any time. And, and I think sometimes we become kind of scoffers because we're not thinking, um, we're not thinking about the fact that, that he can come any time. We're thinking, well, he hasn't come for 2,000 years. He might not come for another 1,000 years. And we ourselves become Christian scoffers when it was Jesus who said, be ready, be watching. Well, let me get back over into the book of Acts and keep going here. Um, Peter just responds. Uh, in these last days, verse 17, God, will, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will, uh, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke, things maybe perhaps still yet to come. It says, the sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, verse 8, here we go. Uh, verse 18, I'm sorry, here we go. I, even on my spirits, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. They will prophesy. And again, let me. There, there are two different, um, 
definitions we can use for prophesy, the idea of speaking what we might call new truth, new revelation, uh, and some people uh, categorically reject the idea of any new revelation, uh, and, uh, it, and another interpretation here of the word or, or usage, application of the word prophesy, is people who just speak forth God's word. Uh, that, that is another uh, meaning of the word, and really both of them are, are saying, this is what God has shown, this is what God has said. And you have to remember, folks, we live today and think today like they've always had a Bible. They didn't. What we're reading here, they didn't have. Uh, in fact, if you wanted the Bible, you had to go into uh, synagogue areas to find copied scrolls, and that was only the Old Testament. So for you know, until about the 4th century A.D., there, there was no Bible as we know it. Uh, and how did they function in those days? And that's where church history becomes so important to understand that. And, and I'm off on a little rabbit trail here. Uh, only in, in that I'm trying to communicate the fact that uh, there were people speaking truth. Uh, and they didn't have they didn't have all the letters, and uh, uh, in fact, some of the councils debated what should be included and what not be included in the Bible, and that was in the fourth, fifth century, uh, A.D. three four hundred years after, uh, and now we have what we have, and, and church history has evolved, and our theological understandings have evolved, and I mean evolved in every good sense of the word. And some of the things that we're reading here, you can hear Peter in verses 18, 19, 20, what he has heard the Lord Jesus say over in places like Matthew, what's recorded in Matthew 24. Uh, he has just heard those words from Jesus not that long ago. I mean, it was in the final final week of Jesus' ministry where, where Peter has heard these types of words I will show wonders in the heaven above, signs on the earth below, blood, fire, billows of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood. It wasn't that long ago that Peter had just heard Jesus say these very things. And so here is Peter repeating what he has heard Jesus say only a few weeks before. But then he concludes in verse 21 this, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's his challenge. He's dropping in here right now a call to salvation. He's dropping in here right now the opportunity for people to respond. I was talking to somebody, uh, I don't remember who it was here the last week about preaching. Oh, I do remember who it was. It was uh, my old mentor, Harold talking about being in churches where they preach the Bible, but they, they, they're not giving people the opportunity to respond or, or, or even saying, and that's what Peter does right mid-sermon here. He drops in an opportunity. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 21, men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man, Nazareth, was a man accredited by God to you by miracles. And so Peter delineates it's the miracles that substantiated his message. He was accredited to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you 
by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. He did not see decay. Uh, you have made known to me the paths of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. He goes on. He's, he's just repeated from the Old Testament, from the scrolls, the words from the Psalms, what David had said prophetically in the Old Testament. Verse 29, brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried in his tomb and is there to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God, God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. And seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus, and we are witnesses of the fact. And we, perhaps you can see Peter uh, in the midst of this hand gesturing around to, to those others who had been speaking the gospel in all those varieties of dialects of the people that we read about earlier in Acts chapter 2. We, we the apostles, we those who were following Christ, we are witnesses of the fact. And he goes on and says, God exalted to the right hand of God. I mean, exalted to the right hand of God. He was received from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He is the Lord, and he is Savior. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And then Peter tells them what they need to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who, far off, who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And it says, with many other words, he warned them, he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number of that day. Something absolutely phenomenal taking place here to see that type of response. Now, we have to understand that in that day, there were people likely who were around uh, when Jesus was walking the earth. Uh, they had perhaps maybe heard before, heard the gospel, or they had heard uh, stories about what had been taking place in, in throughout Israel, and, and they had heard, and, and some people were confused. And now Peter clarifies for them the message, and they respond. God was at work in the hearts of people, bringing to a people where they would respond in phenomenal fashion, in great number, to the message of 
the gospel. And there it is, the message of the gospel. And it's the promise for you and your children. Uh, Let's think about this. What God poured out, Acts chapter 2, God continues to pour out. We continue to have the promised Holy Spirit when someone legitimately, truly, genuinely gives their life to Christ. The Holy Spirit enters their life permanently as a seal, as a, a deposit guaranteeing the inheritance. We looked at those verse on, verses on two separate occasions uh, in, the, in the last week from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Your children have the Holy Spirit. The question is, we're, we're living churchianity when we need to live the Jesus life, and there's a difference. We've learned how to attend church. We've learned how to attend sermons. I like sermons. I like to preach sermons. But to learn to live in the Spirit every single day, to learn to live the Jesus life, to, to, to learn to live with the priorities and the character of Jesus in our day-to-day life. That's what we need to learn how to do. If you're listening to this live, if you're listening to this uh, at some later date, you stumbled upon this and hear this and you've never responded to Christ, I want to encourage you right now to repent, to turn from self and sin and turn to Christ. And make him your Savior. Make him your Lord. Bow the knee. Bow the heart to him. And like these people did, 3,000 added to the number that day, give your life to Christ. And then, then, then go find a church and say, I need to be baptized. If it's a church that says, let's open God's word, if it's a church that, that teaches directly from God's word directly, and, and they're going... And they stay true to the text, and they explain the text like we've been explaining the text this morning. You're likely in a good church. If it's a church that opens the Bible, reads the verse, puts it aside, and then preaches some sermon that has nothing to do with the Bible, that's probably a bad church. If it's a church that is all the time always focusing on uh, on miracles uh, and things of that nature, and isn't taking you through Scripture, uh, find a church that's going to take you through Scripture. I, I just I will put it that way. Um, because it is God's word that forms us and informs us uh, and helps us construct our lives. Yeah, God will do miracles. God will answer prayers. But the foremost thing is, is, is the hunger for the word, to be hungry, to hear God's word, and then to say, okay, this is how the Spirit speaks. Let's listen. Let's obey. Well, the promise was given. The Holy Spirit's power fell. Many people proclaimed the witness of Jesus. Many people heard the witness of Jesus. Peter preaches a short but powerful message. The Holy Spirit's power falls upon people. They respond and believe. Lord, we pray. We pray that you'd give us a heart and a desire to see this very same type of working of the Spirit in our day. Things like we're seeing in India. Things like we're seeing uh, in, in Asia. Lord, may we see the same thing right here. May we see the Spirit work mightily, drawing people to Jesus, filling them that they would speak the Word of God, speak the gospel of Jesus, uh, that, that they would be filled with your peace, that they would be filled with your joy, 
that they'd be filled with your power. Lord, may we look to you that way. May that be our desire. May that be the cry of our heart, Lord, that we would see you powerfully at work here in our region or wherever anybody who's listening to this lives, be it uh, Africa, be it the Philippines, be it South America, be it uh, the shores of Virginia, wherever it may be. Lord, hear our prayer that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Well, friends, that's the end of another week. Remember, Sunday morning, new series, 33 amazing things that happen in the moment of salvation. Sunday night, 6 p.m., uh, a report for me on my trip to Turkey, Sudan, and Africa. Have a great day, everyone.